سيدنا المصطفى صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعاشرون بالمعروف فان كرهتموهن فعسى اساء ان تكرهوا شيئا جعل الله فيه خيرا كثيرا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اي امراه سالت زوجها طلاقا من غير باس فحرام عليها رائحه الجنه وكما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام respected ulama ikram brothers and elders assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh kato kato the topic that i wish the topic that i wish the topic that i wish to speak on today is in regards to talaq to talaq to talaq and how to possibly say possibly save ourselves from ever being in a situation where a person has to give talaq i would first like to to say that it is not the ideal situation to deal with such a, to deal with sensitive topic because it is more because it is more geared towards being taught in a classroom environment where the congregation or the person or the people who are listening are there from the beginning to the end but the reality is that if we do not use situations like the jumua platform then sometimes the message is never delivered we know when it comes to the aspect of talaq there is no one who does not not know about the prevalence of of talaq in our society and how common it has become and such a detrimental thing that ruins homes that breaks families and that leaves children in unimaginable trauma has become a place hardly people bat an eye about someone giving talaq but the destruction of it is so great you know if you look only at the harm that occurs i often maintain and i honestly believe this And one of the worst things a person can do one of the worst things a person can do is to bring a child into the world and leave the child aisle afterwards to live in a single home without the protection and the cover of the father and the mother i honestly believe this is believe this is believe this is one of the worst things ask a child whose parents are divorced and divorced and divorced what dua they make every day ask them what dua and they will say the one thing we make dua make dua for every day is our parents must come together and the worst situation is when something is said and in the child's mind it occurs to them and they start believing that i was the was the cause of this divorce and separation separation you know the internal trauma that happens to a child in this situation my brothers think about this that how will that person answer for that trauma on the day that trauma on the day of qiyama how will you answer for it to an innocent child that you brought in the world and live and left without care and without care and consideration of what happens to those that child or what happens to those children so talaq is an immensely destructive thing that is why the nabi of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had made mention he said ayyu mamra'atin sa'alat zawjaha talaqan min ghayri ba's fa haramun alayha ra'ihatul jannah and just look at where the nabi of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is addressing is addressing this 
question of talaq towards. He says that woman, he's addressing it to the woman, not to the husband. He says that woman who asks her husband, who requests from her husband a talaq without valid cause and justification. What was her crime? Her crime was to ask for talaq without justification. فَحَرَامٌ عَلَيْهَا رَائِحَةُ الْجَنَّةِ The fragrance of Jannah will be haram and forbidden for her. Her crime was to ask for it. If there is the severity of asking for the talaq, what would be the severity of issuing that talaq without just cause? What 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 would be the severity of that? So we must keep this in mind when it comes comes to the aspect of talaq. That this that this is not a plain matter. Talaqun jidduhunna jiddun wa hazduhunna jiddun. The Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam clam clam considers talaq to be so serious that this is not something you can joke about. The hadith says even if you say I'm joking and, if, and even if you were joking about talaq, that talaq will still be counted, it will still be considered. You see my brothers, Islam is a balanced religion. There are checks and balances for every situation. So when we look at the aspect of talaq, then the original ruling, its asal ruling, is al-hadru al-man, that it is forbidden, it is prohibited. That is the original ruling. Except if there is some cause, some justification that permits it. So from a ruling, ruling point of view, the original ruling is that it is forbidden. Forbidden. Except if there is just cause for permitting it. And when there is just cause for permitting it. When the marriage has irretrievably broken down. When the relationship is toxic. When it is only swearing and abuse in that, ho- abuse in that home. And the couple have, couple have tried and tried, but they just, they just cannot make it work. And when you weigh the two, it is better for them to be apart than to be together. Then in this situation, if now the husband denies the talaq, then he is at fault and he is at sin. Understand the two ends of the spectrum. spectrum. The one is that it is prohibited without just cause. But when there is just cause, then to not give the talaq is prohibited. What does Allah say in the Quran? That live with your wives in kindness. But if you cannot, you cannot do, you cannot do that for imsakum bi ma'roof or tasrihum bi ihsan then release them with peace them with peace them with goodness wala tumsiku hunna dhiraran lita'tadu wa may yaf'al dhalika faqad zalama nafsa do not retain your wives in the marriage when the marriage has broken down and they want out 
Why dirara? Because you want to show her a point. I will show you, I will punish you. Allah says, don't do this. You think you are oppressing her, وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكْ فَقَدْ ظَلَمَ نَفْسَ You are oppressing your own soul because of what you will face on the day of Qiyamah. So these are the two ends of the spectrum from the Islamic viewpoint. But one thing we must know when it comes to the aspect of talaq, and when the talaq becomes justified, and now the person is so to say authorized from the Islamic perspective to issue it, then how should that talaq be issued? Many people have this misconception. To issue that talaq, I must say it three times. I don't know where this, where this thought has come from. I have no idea where it's come from. That this thought has crept into the minds of minds of many people. That if I want to give talaq, I must say it three times. Do you know what Allah's Nabi said when he was informed of a person who gave three talaqs at one go? أُخْبِرَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَنْ رَجُلٍ طَلَّقَ إِمْرَأَتَهُ ثَلَاثَ تَطْلِيقَاتٍ جَمِيعًا The news reached the messenger of Allah that one person has given three talaqs at one go. فَقَامَ غَضْبَانِ He could not contain himself. He stood up in rage and in fury. أَيَّلْعَبُوا بِكِتَابِهُ بِكِتَابِ اللَّهُ وَأَنَا بَيْنَ أَذْهُرِكُمْ Is he playing with the book of Allah, of Allah whilst, I am, whilst I am still in this world? Are you taking the Qur'an a mockery while I am still living? Until one sahabi stood up and he said, أَلَا أَقْتُلُهُ O oh, Nabi of Allah, should I not go, not go and execute this man now and now? In the time of Umar, of Umar radiallahu an, in his khilafat, when it was informed or a person who issued three talaqs at one go was brought before him, he would flog and whoop that man in public. So where have we got have we got this idea that three talaqs must talaqs must be given at one go? This, this is completely haram and impermissible. But if but if a person needs to do it, do it, then it's only one talaq. And if a person needs 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 to end the marriage, end the marriage, end the marriage immediately, immediately, then it is all. Then it is also one talaq, but the procedure you can you can inquire here you can inquire from the ulama. There's never a need to give more than to give more than one talaq, talaq. because here Allah because here Allah is giving you opportunities. That if you gave one talaq, you can still remedy the situation. If you gave two, you can still re- remedy remedy the situation. But if you gave the third, but if you gave the third talaq, then it is the end then reconciliation is not possible. So while the topic is on talaq, I want to say a few things. Things. That 
that what can, what can we put in place? What can we do, we do so that to the best of our ability, abilities we can ensure that the point is not reached where talaq, where talaq, where talaq is to be given. The first thing to take into consideration, my brothers, is that, is that for any foundation to stand, there must, sorry, 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 for any building and structure to stand, there must be a strong foundation. We know this, this is basic logic. That the greatest of buildings will stand on the strength of the strong foundation. And even simple structures will collapse on a weak foundation. This we know, it is a principle for life. Why do we not implement this principle when it comes to our marriage? Why do, not, why do we not gear, gear our children? Why do we not educate our children, our children on the aspect of marriage, on the living of marriage, marriage? on the hurdles of marriage, on the challenges of marriage. They say that no marriage is without thorns. They say that no marriage is without thorns. But without marriage you cannot get roses. Without marriage you cannot get it. So we need to establish that foundation and I think that one of the reasons why we do not invest like how we invest in the education of our children. Why do we not invest in the preparation of their marriage? I'm not speaking I'm not speaking I'm not speaking about the preparation of the wedding. That has the least importance from the Islamic viewpoint. I'm talking about the preparation for that person to get married and to live their marriage successfully. And I think one of the reasons behind this is that we labor under false hopes and assumptions. That we labor under this false hope that the marriage, that the marriage by, by default will, will, will be successful. That without doing anything, the marriage by default will be successful. Maybe 30, 40 or 50 years ago, that assumption had some, some strength and some backing to it, but no longer. Now our, now our assumption must be that the marriage is at a strong risk of, risk of failure. It is not nice to say this, but it is something that must be said. That the assumption must be that the marriage is at strong risk of failure. Because when we fear and we know there is a risky situation, then we will put every mechanism in it to minimize the risk of the failure. So we must have this in mind, this in mind, this in mind. And in this field, there is every parent can contribute. Whether your, mar whether your marriage was su successful or not, or not, you can still contribute towards this. Because if your marriage was successful, then tell your children what made your marriage successful. 
And if your marriage was not successful, then tell them what to avoid. So they do not land up, end up in the, end up in the same situation that you have. The basic, basic education in regards to marriage. How many fathers have sat their son down and told them, all them, all them, oh my son, this is how you must conduct yourself on the first night. I've spoken to so many people, no one has given them even the slightest shred of guidance. How to conduct yourself on the first night? You know, we know we had an incident in the Jamiat where there was an there was an application for divorce and we dissolved that marriage. And you know what was the issue behind it? The issue behind it was that in the honeymoon period, honeymoon period, the husband treated his wife so horrifically that she became suicidal and she needed psychiatric help after that. We don't like to say these things, but this is the reality of the situation. Because if you do not educate your, your child, where, where do you think the, edu the, edu the education is going to come from, come from? When the internet is freely available. And the filth on the internet is freely avail available for all. Where do you think the education will come from on how to treat a woman? Where do you think it will come from? This is the reality of the situation that we are living in. The other thing I would like to add, add is that if your children are, no, are not ready to get married, don't force them into a marriage. This is a recipe for disaster. And there are so many times that is a worse situation where the parent knows that my child, whether it is the son or whether it is the daughter, has some severe issues in his life. He's got some major problems in life. He's addicted to drugs. He's in a situation where he is in love with someone that you're not happy with. And in today's time, because his inclinations, instead of being towards a female, is towards a male. And you, and you think that if I force him, force him to get married, then that person, that innocent person on the other side, will sort his problems out. When you could not sort your own child's problems out, you want to put that burden on someone else. We had a young bride came to the marital department of the Jamiat and she says, I got married and everything seemed to be fine and there was no, no issues about anyone. It was a complete facade. It was a complete smoke screen. And now I'm married and on the first night, my husband doesn't, husband doesn't touch me. And the, and the second night goes by, and the third night goes by, and one week goes by, and one month goes by, and two months go by, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with me? 
This young woman is thinking, what is wrong, wrong with me? And when she finally has the courage to bring this, this matter up to her parents, and the matter is investigated, turns out the boy turns out the boy is homosexual, his parents forced him into marriage. This is the reality of what we are dealing with. You know, we know that marriage is a sunnah. The general rule is that marriage is a sunnah. Because but when things but when things like this like this occur, that marriage is no marriage is no longer sunnah. Then the fukaha categorized that marriage is haram. That marriage is forbidden. Because you know for sure you are putting someone in harm's way. You know for sure you are putting someone in harm's way. So the solution to many of our problems is that we take time to invest how we invest in the education of our children, we invest in the marriages of our children, in the living of those marriages. Because no marriage on the face of the earth is without turbulence. No turbulence. There is no marriage. Turbulence is part and is part and parcel of marriage. Like how when a when a when a pilot when he flies a plane then it's not, that, it's not that the successful pilot does not experience turbulence. He expects to find some turbulence or the other. The successful, successful pilot navigates successfully through the turbulence. So there was one couple who was celebrating the 60th year anniversary. And their relationship was the talk of the town and everyone would comment on what a, on what a peaceful and loving couple they, were, couple they were. So it so happened on the 60th anniversary, the local radio station called the husband in for an interview on give us some, you know, you know, some, tips, you know some tips on how you made your marriage a success, success, success. Because in today's time, marriage are, this time marriage are, marriages are crumbling. So, so, so he said, the secret behind, secret behind our success, it all started in our honeymoon. You see, we went to the Grand Canyon, and, my, and, myself, and myself and my wife, we were on horseback, and now we were traveling down the Grand Canyon. And he says, we traveled a bit, and my wife's, the horse my wife was riding on, the horse stumbled and she almost fell off. And then she said quietly, that's once. And then we proceeded a bit further and again and again the horse stumbled and she almost fell off. Fell off. And she said, that's twice. And the third time it happened, she got off the horse. She pulled a gun out of her purse, her handbag, and she shot the horse. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy, woman? How can you do this? And she looked at me calmly and she said, that's once. He said, afterwards, we lived happily ever after. So while this is a very humorous thing, there is a lesson also behind this. And the lesson behind this is explained over and over again in the khutbah of nikah. That what is the verses or what are the verses that we continuously recite 
The verses that are recited at the khutbah of nikah are only about taqwa. Are only about the consciousness of Allah and the fear of accountability. Because when we will have this in our lives, when our lives will be governed by the consciousness of Allah and accountability in His court on the day of Qiyamah, then our marriages will by and large be a successful one. But if we will not have this, if we will not have taqwa, and we will not educate our children with the tools by which they can make their marriage a success, then I dislike to say it, but it is the reality that do not spend too much on your child's first wedding because it is most likely that you will spend on the second wedding if not the third and the fourth. May Allah Ta'ala save us and Allah Ta'ala give us a to make amal on all the good that has been said. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil